This podcast may contain adult themes and triggering topics. Please be kind to yourself if you get triggered by what we discuss. Also, this isn't a substitute for therapy or counseling. Please listen to the appendix at the end for some of our recommendations for resources that will help you find a qualified mental health care provider. Now, we take you to a time in the near future where emotional abuse has been appropriately deemed a crime and the survivors find a home to reclaim their lives and freedom. This is Haven, and these are the stories of the Reclaimers. Mycroft, can we come in? Oh, yes. Mr. Soleil, wonderful to see you. I, I haven't seen you since... Last semester. Has it only been one semester? No, I can't believe it. Well, so much has happened. (laughs) Yes, with the treaties all signed and the end of the war officially, I never thought it would be. (laughs) How did you celebrate? Oh, I went for a visit to my friend's yacht. They haven't been able to launch it since the coastal attacks three years ago. It was wonderful to be out on the water again. Oh, it sounds like it. Does your family live near here? No. (laughs) Uh, My... My parents died years ago, and I have a brother who pretends I don't exist. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And that sadness, too. My goodness, Mr. Slay, you're a heightened empath I never knew. Yes. I'm relieved to have a name for it. I always thought it was some kind of overactive imagination or something. Hardly. If you were imagining, wouldn't you imagine people were feeling good things? (laughs) He certainly would. (laughs) He's a lot like you, Persephone. You're too kind, Mycroft. Thank you. Uh, What's the word Ashley used to describe us the other day? Uh, Soul twin? Oh, right. Soul twin. (laughs) Well, maybe not quite. I have no desire to apply for the department internship. Is that so? Not even a little. I don't want to work the clinical side. I just want to do the research and solve problems. And make lists. Forever with the spreadsheets and lists. Hey, now on that, we are soul twins. I've seen your research for Professor Daniels. <laughs> she is quite the obsessive, fastidious organizer. Though I am grateful for that fastidiousness, as it knows no equal. She is truly one of the most brilliant research assistants I've ever worked with. Her insight, her intellect, the time she takes to arrange her arguments... I believe every student can learn a thing or two from her example. She's all right, I guess. I guess so, too. I'm very proud of her. You too, please. Thank you for the kindness, but I'm sitting in a room with two intellectual giants. (laughs) Right, like I compare with Professor Daniels here. (laughs) Now that is very kind, Mr. Soleil. Thank you. Oh, wait, wait, Professor. You have to hear this. She's found a new paper she wants to write. Have you now? <laughs> That's wonderful news. Yes, I, I was going to tell you today, you know I love the writings of Elie Wiesel. Well, I found this quote. Read it to him. You're going to love this. We must always take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormented. Isn't that brilliant? (laughs) It fits right in with the research you're doing about disordered personalities, right? Everything they do is to keep someone silent, to confuse them. It's incredible, right? I can definitely see the appeal. I'm not sure I agree with the sentiment about choosing sides, but I'm always interested in hearing more about giving a voice to victims. Tell me more about that paper, Persephone. Uh, 
Yes, I'm going to call it mythologizing the predator. How the American judicial system is attuned to defending offenders rather than protecting victims. Oh, the most perfect title for a post-war paper. With all the systemic judicial failures that caused the war, I think people are going to really be into it. I'm so excited to read it. It's a very good title, Persephone. I congratulate you on embarking on a new work. I just hope you remember us later. And the research deadline you have for my project this week. Oh, speaking of obsessive, that deadline is all she talks about. Yes, Mycroft, you know I would never do anything to endanger your research. I hold it as my highest priority. And I trust your prioritizing, Persephone. You truly are a wonder. I am so glad you two have hit it off. I knew you'd be great together. Okay, okay. You've had your fun. Off to class with you. Right. Uh, I'll see you later. Oh, and Professor Daniels, so good to see you again. Goodbye, Mr. Soleil. He's delightful. It's wonderful to see you so happy, Seffi. Yes, <laughs> thank you. So very happy. Oh, no, we're not dating. He's just a good friend. Do you see how you did that? Jumping to a conclusion there with my words, all I said was it was good to see you happy. <laughs> I never said I thought you were dating. Well, you you didn't say it out loud. Uh, you always do that. You make a guess about what I'm thinking. And how often are you right? You're right. I'm sorry. I made an assumption based on previous conversation, and I'm sorry. Can we just drop it? Of course. I'd like nothing better than to just let it go. You're the one who seems to be holding on, perhaps because there's something that your unconscious can't release or reveal to you about feelings for your uh, friend. Perhaps? I don't think so, though. I'm, I'm not bisexual. I'm only interested in women. Mm. Mm, of course. You know best. I, I admit there's probably <clears throat> a lot of things I haven't explored because I'm so young, but my sexuality is pretty clear to me. <laughs> I'd appreciate it if you just gave me some space on that one. I've, <clears throat> I've never really felt like I had any hang-ups there. Oh, you think so. You bring me daddy issues, and you think that your sexuality has nothing to do with that. I, I recognize your kindness toward me, Mycroft, and I appreciate it. And now that I've read every word of every one of your published articles, I feel confident I can recognize when I'm delaying my own healing timeline. That confidence is astounding. Considering the research on therapeutic blind spots, and considering you still haven't dealt with all the grief over your parents' blatant choice to abandon now your... that I'm surprised by. Oh? You seem to think that I haven't dealt with that abandonment in therapy already. Are you? Defending, that is, your grief. Acting as if it's under attack. Seffy... Seffy, shame on you for trying something so low to protect your precious blinders. You know that all I want is your healing. I've never wanted anything else. Yes, I, I just... You're right. I'm sorry. Tell me what you think I should be focusing on. I'll listen. I'll do it. You're the expert. That's much better. Good girl. 
I think you need to go back and read the narratives you wrote for me just after the Allport Award. Don't do it as homework. We don't have time. Just work on looking for the ways that you're holding on to the obsession you have with father figures to begin with. Obsession? You think it deserves that level of classification? Yes. It deserves that level of diagnosis. I think you're obsessed with turning every man into your life into a father figure. Your closeness with Mr. Soleil is a hint. I also think you're unwilling to confront your romantic feelings for Mr. Soleil. You may think you have clarity surrounding your sexuality, and that's fine. But you won't have clarity about your love life until you evaluate your obsession with Mr. Soleil. A male best friend, really? You couldn't be more obvious. All right. Thank you. Oh, Seffi, are those tears in your eyes? <clears throat> Is it that I've called you out on your obsession? No, I think it's just stress. And you are right that my parents leaving is an emotional topic for me. I know. I know. I could tell from your narrative papers how difficult it was. Well, like that case study in your second paper, the one where your patient was grateful you pushed her to heal, I am grateful you've pushed me to examine this, and I'll do my best to approach the work with my daddy issues and not avoid it. Thank you. Good. That's a good first step. We can talk about that another time. For now I have some wonderful news. Oh, I'd love to hear. You know, I've always been like a detective. When there's a problem in my sphere of influence, I find it, even if it means bending the rules or rewriting them to meet the needs of those I care about. Since my life's work is based on ethics, I can dare to be so bold. I like to frame things against void, looking for ways to understanding and meaning. Yes, I think it's a very sophisticated approach to a common human problem. Well, as a result of my work on researching and diagnosing the players on the stage of the war, I have been sought out and graciously invited to be on the Global War Crimes Tribunal. Oh my goodness, Mycroft! That's wonderful news! Congratulations! I I'm thrilled for you! <laughs> Thank you. I am pleased with the outcome. Many recommended me, which is also gratifying. My life's work is finally getting the recognition that it deserves. I'm honored to even be in the room with you. <laughs> oh, Sefi. Shall I take a compliment as you do? All blushing and feigned humility. <laughs> That's too much. Stop, I can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a brilliant impression of me. Are you sure you shouldn't take that act on the road? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> You're not famous enough. But when I'm through with you, you will be. <laughs> oh, this invitation isn't just for me. You'll be included, too. See those stars in the future, Sefi? They're yours. I'll pull them down for you, as a good father should. Thank you, Mycroft. I can't tell you how much I appreciate your consideration. Anything for my teaching coach. You've given me so much in the way of feedback. Helpful feedback. All of it. I just wish there were so much of it. <laughs> I don't know 
what to act on first. You know. But you are very thorough in your evaluations, and you're so tactful in all you say. I I'm excited. Excited to see that the next generation is in such good hands. You'll make a wonderful dean or public health official someday. Even if some of your evaluations are a little on the repetitive, like you're looking for something instead of truly observing. But that's because you're new, I'm certain. And you're thorough, always so thorough. That's good, all good. For now, though, I've got the afternoon free. Do you want to get uh, lunch together? Why don't you walk me through what you turned up this week for my research? I was thrilled with the preliminary draft you sent. <laughs> See, I told you you're my most brilliant student. There will never be another like you. Hey, it's Percy and Feeney here. What you've just heard is a work of fiction, but we know that many listeners are living in a world of pain that isn't fictional at all. At the end of every episode, we're going to include an appendix of sorts, some things we hope will serve those who live with a reality of fear and pain every day. First, we want to let you know about our website, www.empowering.tools, where we keep an ongoing list of books, websites, hotlines, and many other resources for victims and survivors of toxic relationships. Second, we love to hear from you. If you'd like to share your story with us or let us know how the episode impacted you, we'd love for you to reach out. These are deeply emotional things, and we want to give you a chance to share. We're a small team, so an in-depth response isn't always possible, but we do read every message we receive. Third, if you're in crisis or you need to find an immediate way out, please call 800-799-7233 for the National Domestic Abuse Hotline. If your abuser is a parent or a non-romantic relationship, there are other resources we've listed on the website that are just for you. A reminder, emotional violence is still violence. You don't need to have bruises on your body to deserve help, and it's okay to feel what you're feeling when you call. Fourth, be safe. For some, getting out will take planning and time. If you know you need help, do what you need in order to safely get away. Lastly, we know how difficult it can be to believe there's hope on the other side of a toxic relationship. Many on our team know the devastatingly difficult steps it takes to get away from an abusive predator. But there is hope. You don't have to do it alone. If you don't have supportive family or friends, you can still find support at the hotlines we mentioned earlier or at a local hospital or shelter. Thousands of survivors have made it out. Getting out and reclaiming your freedom can be your story. We believe in you. We believe in your future. And, and we, we believe, believe in your right to that freedom. freedom.